Welcome to Swarupa Vidya Ashram. My name is Swami Nirmalananda. Each audio is a discourse that I offered at a satsang, a free meditation program, and was followed by meditation. These teachings address the underlying questions of life. Who am I? Why am I here? How do I do what I came here to do? I went to my guru with these same questions while he gave me the teachings I share here. Most importantly, he gave me the inner experience they describe. This is why I teach, to share the same with you, both the theory and the inner experience of your own inherent divinity. The bliss of consciousness is your birthright. Meditate and discover that you are greater than you could ever imagine. Om Namah Shivaya Gurave Satchidananda Murtaye Nishprapanchaya Shantaya Niralambaya Dejase Muktanandaya Gurave Shisha Samsara Harane Bhagakaya Ikadehaya Namaste Chitsaratmane Eta Vejagatameva Samsara Nava Setave Prabhave Sarva Vidyanam Shambhave Gurave Namaha Guru Brahma Guru Vishnu Guru Devo Maheshwara Guru Sakshat Parabrahma Jasmai Shri Gurave Namaha Om Svarupa Svasvabhava Namo Namaha Om I bow to my own self. I bow to my Baba's own self. I bow to his Baba's own self. I bow to your own self. Your own essence, your own beingness, your own existence, your own self. Shiva. Again and again I bow. Om Swarupa Swaswa Bhava Namo Namaha. God or the world? Do I really have to choose between them? The roots of Western spirituality give you this choice. The tradition of leaving the world in order to find God stretches back into years without numbers on them. The Desert Fathers were living in caves in Egypt long before Jesus was born. The Himalayan sages preceded them. I met such a yogi once, one who had meditated in a Himalayan cave for years. He explained that once he'd penetrated to a deep enough level within... He cared deeply about everyone in the world, acting on that fathomless 
and all-pervasive love, he came out of the cave and began to travel and teach to help all of us find the dimensionality, love, and presence that is hidden within. This is your own self. To know your own self is to know God. To know God is to live in his unceasing presence and to find that his presence is your own presence. To live in capital P presence is to see through divine eyes that the one divine reality is present in all, is being all. Knowing, being, and seeing this divine reality puts you squarely back into the world, for it is God's world in which we live. Well, you don't start there. In the beginning, you don't see everyone as divine, not yet. Life events and the news of our time churn your mind and heart. You want things to be different. Okay. So I'll say, if you want things to be different, put yourself into the process of making the changes happen. And if you're not going to contribute, then quit complaining. Even better, quit worrying. When I see people doing things that cause harm, harm to others or harm to themselves, yes, I care about the people they are harming. But I also care about them. They are divine, whether they know it or not. It's the not knowing that makes them hurt others and even sometimes hurt themselves. You do it too. And yet you are still divine. And when you know who you are, you'll make your choices from a deeper level of your own being, motivated by light and love, giving out of a deep generosity and commitment to serve. How do you get there? Do you have to leave the world in order to improve the world? The yogic sages asked these questions and answered them. Their teachings have been preserved through the many millennia, but the teachings evolved over time. As the people receiving the teachings changed, the teachers presented them in new ways. In the beginning, they said, just worship God. So you live in the halo of divine blessings. In Vedic times, life centered around the yajna, the Vedic fire ceremony. Their life was filled with God. Many of you have been to such a sacred event with me. It propels you into a divine intoxication, which carries with you for hours or days, depending on your capacity. So imagine going to such a ceremony every day. Day by day, you'd be deepened into this expanded inner state. You'd become so accustomed to it that you'd take it for granted. 
living in the bliss of God's blessings invoked by the sacred fire, the offerings to it, and the stream of mantras that enliven it all. But times changed. In fact, it was climate change that brought that epoch to an end. They took the mantras with them as they moved to a more habitable climate. Some of them went into the forests and caves, leaving the world so they could sustain their inner state through daily ceremonials. Some lived in the villages and cities, but lost the dailiness of the rituals. As time passed and mainstream culture evolved, then they said you had to leave the world in order to find God within. One of the Vedantic texts from that time tells you to cultivate, quote, lack of desire for worldly pleasures, ability to be quiet and disassociated from everything, end quote. They asked, God or the world? The answer is clearly stated here. You have to choose between them. Cultivate lack of desire for worldly pleasures. Ability to be quiet and disassociated from everything. I have met many yogis who aspire to this withdrawal from life. I remember one who took teacher training with me. He was in his early 20s and had his hair in matted locks. He lived in his parents' garage. He didn't want to live in the house. It was in the California suburbs, so he could easily live in the garage all year round. He refused to get a job, so he didn't make his payments on his training. I kicked him out. Later on, he came to see me. He was living in a forest and begging for food in the nearby town. He was very hairy and very skinny. And he was so full of ego that his ears were not connected to his brain. He couldn't hear me urging him to cut his hair and get a job. Why did he choose this lifestyle? Because he probably did the same thing in a past life. He felt the inner urge to do what he had done before, but what he had done didn't get him liberated that time obviously. How do I know? Because if he had attained liberation, he wouldn't have been born again. Liberation is freedom from the cycles of rebirth and karma, freedom from bondage, freedom from limitation, so that you can merge into the cosmic absolute. Oh, Shiva, you become Shiva. You see, Shiva is already being you, and Shiva is being everyone. Shiva, the primordial absolute, is being the world. It doesn't work to leave the world to find God. Why? You must find God where God is located. Where is that? Right here. Inside and outside. Now we're looking at more recent texts at how this is described in the non-dualistic yogic system called Kashmiri Shaivism. We just fast forwarded through about 25,000 years of yogic teachings. 
This system is a recent restatement of the ancient teachings. Kashmir Shaivism is only about 1,400 years old. As a non-dualistic system, it says there are not two here. There's not me and you. There's not you and the world. There's only one reality here, being all of us, being everything. The key in this system is revelation. You are struck by the light. But you don't have to wander around in a thunderstorm hoping to get hit by lightning. You get Shaktipat, the initiation into the knowing of your own inherent divinity. When your own divine essence is fully revealed within you, as you, you experience what my Baba describes. You see the universe as supremely blissful light, undifferentiated from yourself. You remain unshakable in this awareness. This is the state of liberation, the state of perfection. Now the question goes away. God or the world? Since there's no difference between God and the world, the question is irrelevant. The problem is in the question. You don't have to choose between God and the world because God is being the world, the whole world, and everyone in it. Thus, you care for them all. No one being is more lovable than any other. They are all precious and cherished, each one fully. It's true that you have responsibilities with one or several of them, but they're not more precious to you than others. And what you do is also equal opportunity. While you make choices about what to do in any given day, it's not because you prefer one thing over another for anything, and everything that you could do is divine. Your choices are not motivated by desire for one thing or revulsion toward another. Still, in this state of liberation, you're intelligent, and you choose things that are beneficial and that are supportive to your inner state. It's not about what you want to get. It's about seeing and loving and honoring and respecting and worshiping the divine in all. This is not rejection of the world or withdrawal from it. You are liberated from the state of need and dependency. When things don't go your way, you're still Shiva. After all, night is Shiva just as much as day is. Dark is Shiva just as much as light. Neither is better than the other. And you're Shiva no matter what you're experiencing. The earlier philosophical systems took a dualistic approach. They said where there is yoga, spirituality, there is no boga enjoyment. Yoga is that which fills you from the inside out. Boga is that which fills your senses from the outside inward. Yoga is seeking God. Boga is seeking pleasure. 
So the dualistic systems say, where there is yoga, there is no boga. Dualistic systems ask if you want God or the world. Do you want yoga, union with God, or boga to pursue your senses? But Kashmir Shaivism gives you a different option. The Kularnava Tantra says it this way. Yoga boghayate sakshat dushkritam sukritayate mokshayate hi samsara kaula dharma kuleshvari. Sir John Woodruff translates and explains it in dualistic systems. A yogi cannot enjoy this world that is created by the divine. He cannot be a bogey. And they say that one in the midst of the world cannot be a yogi, an active aspirant for the divine. Ah, but in the tantric path, both yoga and boga, union with God and participation in his manifestation of the world, have a happy meeting. The cycle of the world, samsara, becomes a means for release. Boga turns into yoga. Boga, yoga, yete. In summary, in tantra, yoga is boga. What does this mean? Spiritual practice is pure pleasure. It means that spirituality is how to live in the world. And it means the world is where you do your spiritual practice and where you become enlightened. All of these are true. Let's look at each one. Yoga is boga. So my first description is spiritual practice is pure pleasure. It's true. With an hour of chanting and meditation, you experience more joy than anything else could give you in that time. Your body is better. Your breath is deeper. Your eyes are more open. Your heart is more open. That doesn't happen when you pursue a pleasure for an hour. You end up drained and tired. And then you're needy again, looking for something else to stimulate your senses. How do you experience the pleasure of yoga? You could be doing breathing and poses for an hour, which is a delicious way to spend time, and you'll have the pleasure not only of time well spent, plus you have the pleasure of how you feel after. Or you can read about the teachings or listen to a podcast. We've got so many pleasures for you to pursue in our online freebies. Truly, you'll feel different. It doesn't even take an hour. Some of them only take 10 or 20 minutes. The satsang gem videos and soundbite podcasts are only one minute each. And they're guaranteed to make you happy and give you insight into yourself. Yoga is boga. The second way I'm describing this cryptic phrase is spirituality is how to live in this world. Most people try to make pleasure the focus of their life. Some want to spend all day outside. 
hoping that nature will fill them up. Or they spend all their time in front of the computer or listening to music or even making music. There are so many ways to pursue sensory pleasures. But when you live a yogic lifestyle, you'll be happier and more fulfilled than with anything else you can do. What is a yogic lifestyle? It's a spiritual lifestyle, not one of self-indulgence. You get your routines going. Everybody has them, of course. But you create yogic routines. Up with the sun, maybe, or even earlier, there's an energy field that crosses the earth for the two hours before sunrise. It's called the Brahma Morta. You may already be waking up with it. With daylight savings time, it's around 3.30 or 4 a.m. here. This sweet time lasts until sunrise. It's the best time to meditate. Get out of bed. Repeat mantra, which I'll take you through in just a little bit. You'll settle inward so sweetly, so deeply, and so easily. Of course, you can meditate at any time, but this is the best. Punctuate your day with yogic practices if you want to be happy, if you want to feel good. If you want to take pleasure in being alive, yoga gives you aliveness. Yoga makes you feel more like you. And there are lifestyle practices called yamas and niyamas. They are how you align your mind and heart with the principles of consciousness, how you live in alignment with God in every moment of your life, a spiritual lifestyle. Yoga is boga. The third way I'm describing this potent phrase is this. The world is where you do your spiritual practice and where you become enlightened. I know it can be confusing. When you pray or meditate, you withdraw from interaction with others. You turn your attention away from the world to attune yourself to a higher reality, whether you conceive of that reality as being outside or inside. So you think you're leaving the world when you're meditating. But you're in the world while you're meditating. You're sitting on the floor or on a chair. That's part of the world. You're still breathing. Your heart is still pumping. You're still burning calories. In fact, once you've received Shaktipat, you'll find that you need some sugar and dairy in your diet so that your system can handle this new level of energy, cosmic energy running through your nervous system and brain. It's amazing. Baba described it this way. Imagine that this yoga is a holy temple and that liberation, the final attainment, is the crown of the dome of that temple. Know that when the yogi reaches that crown, he becomes as all-pervading as the sky above the dome. Thus, this yogi becomes an exalted being. This all happens inside. This all happens in your body. 
and the body that you're in is still in the world. As you expand into the vastness within, you find that the world is inside you. So you haven't left the world at all. And best of all, remember, I'm describing that yoga is voga. The world is where you do your spiritual practice and where you become enlightened. This means that when your meditation period is over, you're still expanded within. And you bring your own self with you into your life. The world is where you share your light. And the world is your testing ground. Can you stay based within while you go where you go and do what you do? The sage Patanjali says that the world is here to help you get enlightened. Yoga is voga. Spiritual life is pure pleasure, full of joy, delight, love, happiness, overflowing with grace. What a way to live. Let's go back to the timeline I introduced. In Vedic times, they did a yajna of Vedic fire every day. Then the climate changed and they had to move elsewhere. Some of them moved into the forests and continued with their ceremonies. These ceremonies are available even today and totally divine and totally blissful. Yet they lost the dailiness of the ceremonies. With time, they found that the mantras are powerful even without the fire and the offerings. The mantras do the job for you. First, settling your mind into stillness and then opening up a deeper level within. We heard some of the Vedic mantras before our program began today. You can tell that their power echoes from ancient times. But you don't have to learn all those complicated mantras. Just one mantra will do it. One that is supercharged by a guru who had a guru, who had a guru, stretching all the way back to those early times in prehistory. I'll give you that mantra today. It's right here over my head. For all to see, it's not secret. Why? Because I'd like everyone in the world to be repeating this mantra. Om Namah Shivaya. Om Namah Shivaya. Just imagine if everyone was using their mind to deepen into their own divine light, what kind of world could we create together? But you can't get them all doing it until you've done your part. So you have to steep in mantra yourself. If you're not enlightened yet, you need to be repeating mantra inside all the time. Instead of attending a Vedic fire ceremony, you light yourself up with the fire of yoga, with the light of consciousness, by repeating this mystical phrase that reveals the consciousness within you, the consciousness that you are. And, you know, if you're not repeating mantra, you're probably stewing, not in the divine. You're stewing in your agendas, plans, Memories, expectations, desires, needs, fears. 
It means you're looking for something on the outside to fill you up. But remember, I said yoga is boga. It's true. Yoga is boga. But boga is not yoga. When you get filled from the inside, you're able to handle anything that comes your way. Your mind is clear and your heart is full. You have a soul connection with every other being that exists. And you're free. You're independent, not dependent, not needy. How do you get there? All you have to do is pull up to the pump like you're driving a car. Pull up to the pump and fill up your tank. Pull up to the Shakti pump and fill yourself up with mantra and you'll be free. Baba describes your future. A being who has attained this state does not have to close his eyes and retire to a solitary place to get into inner absorption. Whether he is meditating, eating, bathing, sleeping, whether he is alone or with others, he experiences the peace and joy of the self. Whatever he sees is God. Whatever he hears is God. Whatever he tastes is God. Whatever words he speaks are God's. In the midst of the world, he experiences the solitude of a cave. And in the midst of people, he experiences the bliss of samadhi. So what do you want? God or the world? It's a trick question. When you pursue the world, you get the world, but not God. When you pursue God, you get both God and the world. You can be a bogey yogi. Om Swarupa Swaswa Bhava Namo Namaha.